We look at a new gun policy in Victoria that will see a particular type of shotgun being banned. It's a dangerous new approach that could easily be extended to other firearms. Put frankly, it's easier to kill 10 people with a gun than it is with a knife. Welcome to the Go News of Australia podcast. It's the podcast for Australian shooters. You just want the political interferers taken out of shooting. The Victorian State Government has just introduced a bill into the Victorian State Parliament that raises some issues that we're going to focus on very shortly. Now, the, the subject matter of this discussion is around the uh, about bolt-action shotguns with a magazine capacity of more than five rounds. Now, they're probably fewer number. There's probably not many in circulation. I'm sure there are people listening to this who do use them. Um, but a lot of shooters might say, well, this really affects guns which, which I don't use. Um, why does this matter to me? It matters because the, the reason why the government is moving on them is something that could easily apply to any other gun. It could apply to handguns, and it could apply to bolt-action hunting rifles. So the issue is that the government is moving to limit the use of bolt-action shotguns with a magazine capacity of more than five for, and these are the words uh, to follow, for the purposes of participating in a Chief Commissioner-approved event. So whilst it is being dealt with in, in the same way as lever-action shotguns, the outcome's going to be a little bit different. You might recall the lever action shotguns with a magazine capacity of more than five are actually now in category D, whereas the proposal here isn't to move them to category D, but to allow the chief commissioner to say when they can and can't be used. They use the word event. Now, the way that the word event is used currently in the firearms act does not seem to include hunting. So if you're if you've got one of those guns and you are a hunter, then you need to find out a little bit more about exactly what this means for you going forward. Uh, but otherwise, it's now going to be pretty much a West, uh, Western Australian-style approach that the Chief Commissioner will now start to determine what guns you can use at what events, rather than approve the organisations and actually trying to uh, work their way down to event level. So... The legislation itself, it's called the, the Justice Legislation Amendment Police and Other Matters Bill 2023. And what that does, it affects about a few other uh, pieces of legislation in small ways. Usually they're, they're small tidying up type matters, you know, removing commas, changing a couple of words, uh, just so they flow better without actually changing the meaning of, of the legislation. And they've done the same for the Firearms Act um, in a couple of areas. We've had a look at it. We can't see any immediate issue with those Changes And there's actually a couple of other positive pieces about that, uh, which actually will allow dealers to take surrendered firearms um, anonymously and do uh, dispose of them without having to record the person's name and address. Um, so that's a good thing. If people want to surrender a firearm they, and they don't really want their name involved, um, they'll be able to do that. Uh, now, the reason why the shotgun is... Um, magazine capacity of more than five is affected, is contained in the explanatory memorandum that accompanies the bill. And there is links to these in the article that supports this podcast on our website. The words that we'll focus on, I'll just read a sentence here from the, the X-Men, which really 
uh, is the focus of this um, uh, podcast. Minister Carbon says, this is a proactive community safety reform to limit the ability of opportunistic misuse of bolt-action shotguns, which can be paired with large-capacity detachable magazines. Opportunistic misuse. That's it. So he hasn't pointed to any particular problem or known instance involving these guns. It's just the opportunistic misuse that he's focused on. Now, if you go to the government's media um, releases, uh, yes, there is a media release on the bill. And the headline of the bill is targeting dangerous drivers to improve, to improve community safety. So the headline isn't about guns, it's about another part of the bill. And if you read the release, there is no more information in it other than the fact that the government sees that there's opportunistic misuse that could eventuate from the use of this gun. What that tells us is because we're now talking about a bolt-action gun, not a lever-action, that we're now applying this to bolt-actions. And potentially you could, you could apply the same argument of opportunistic misuse and the risk thereof to any gun. Handguns in particular, uh, bolt action hunting rifles, it's truly just a matter of degree. And there's no limitation on uh, that the government's given on how this policy approach could apply to, to those guns. Now the concept of banning something on the fear of opportunistic misuse also has no basis in Victorian legislation or the National Firearms Agreement or of any of the policy manuals used by public servants. And it's also something that Labor did not take to the Victorian state election in November 2022. Now, forget about the gun. Forget about the fact that this is about a bolt-action shotgun with a magazine capacity of more than five. Think about the precedent that this sets. So are we confident that the same fear could not be applied to handguns or to hunting rifles or to, as one person put to me, 17 calibre MHRs. So the issue to us is that, is, is, is that this is not about the shotgun, it's about the, the issue behind it. And the fact that there's a lack of a properly constructed and defensible policy. Because without that, we are going to have more uncertainty going forward about what the government's going to move on next. The other thing about this is that in the expansion memorandum, in the media release, everywhere that we've seen about this story, the government has made no recognition of the interests of shooters. In fact, the way this policy model works is that fear seems to be uh, opening the batting and the interest of shooters is way down the batting order, way down, so far down you don't even see it, quite literally. And that's the wrong way around. And I'll lead on to that in a second. This episode of Gun News Australia is brought to you by the same people who created the National Shooting Council. So if you like what you're hearing, you can support this podcast for just $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. Your support will help us get interviews and information like this out to shooters who need to hear it. For more information, check out our show notes or go to our website at politicsreloaded.com. The government's MPs will no doubt tell Parliament that shooting organisations were consulted on this bill, and there's no problem with it. Well, what happens is when government introduces legislation in Victoria, it it sometimes engages the Victorian Firearms Consultative Committee, which is 
um, you've got shooting organisations on it and non-shooting organisations as well. Uh, and the way it works is the committee actually isn't involved in policy proposals. Uh, it, it may be you may be asked to provide some input in, into a particular issue, but it never actually looks or never given the opportunity to look at what it is the government's proposing. What happens is the government usually provides uh, in confidence a heads up that um, this is what we we're introducing into Parliament tomorrow, so consider yourself consulted. That tends to be how it works. Now, the same thing happened when the government recently changed uh, gun safe specifications in Victoria. It went through this, uh, the same process. Now, you might ask, well, why don't the representatives push back on this? I mean, they're subject to confidentiality agreements, okay, but why don't they make a stand on them? There's a balance between making a stand and actually being kicked off the committee and having no visibility. But in our view, they're not getting much value from the committee and um, they'll also be selling the sandwiches that are provided. But maybe it is time for those organisations to actually say this approach isn't good enough. We want to change in the way the government approaches firearms policy. Now, I mentioned before the batting order that shooters have. To us, this raises uh, another question, which we're going to be focusing on through 2024, and that is the idea of guns and sport versus guns and crime. Now, at the moment, what tends to happen is that when government talks about firearms and bringing legislation, it talks about it, the use of guns from a negative perspective. It talks about guns and crime, with legitimate uses being yeah, talked about a little bit later on. Whereas the view we've got is that, no, 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 it needs to be about guns and sport, and yes, we can deal with crime as well. And there's a simple reason for that. There's, in Victoria, at least, there's 250,000 licensed shooters. There's probably eight or 900,000 nationwide. Um, so there's a lot, lot of them. And yes, there are criminals out there, but the numbers are going to be vastly smaller, a few thousand of those who might have guns illegally. So you're talking about, if you just look at it straight from a numbers perspective, why aren't shooters way up there? And the other thing is, first of all, Shooters pay for the way registries, um, they fund registries through licence fees and registration fees. Surely their interests matter. They also provide significant community uh, environmental and e economic benefits that also need to be recognised. So those are some significant attributes that get pushed down the order when it comes to the, gov the way the government talks about it. It should be the other way around. The government needs to lead with that and, yes, recognise crime, but the tail shouldn't wag the dog on this. Uh, and it's even worse in Western Australia, as everybody knows, because Paul Papalia uh, has pretty much a pathological hatred for, uh, for anything to do that's uh, uh, legitimate, legitimate firearm use. So the policy discussion that we tend to have is upside down. So we're focusing here on opportunistic misuse and letting that drive the agenda. That's wrong. So the other government may not see this as a big deal, but we obviously... Do. Uh, and the other thing is that the impacts of these policies, these pretty much improperly constructed policies, uh, it affects pretty much every commercial interest in the supply chain in the shooting industry. Everything from our wholesalers right through to our gun shops, uh, in addition to shooters. And it also adds uncertainty to what's going to happen because where is the next opportunistic misuse argument going to be used? Where could it be used? Well, it could be used pretty much everywhere. Um, so message to government is just tidy up 
your, your, your explanation. Be a bit more honest about it uh, and change the narrative. Turn it to guns and sport. In fact, you're probably better off, uh, or they'd be better off if they just scrapped this particular proposal and actually told us what the, a better policy basis looks like and we move from there. Because until we do that, we're just not going to have the certainty or clarity uh, or even good policy outcomes that, that we want. Uh, and the right approach might also actually help support the shooting sector. Uh, and there's no downside to this for the community, none at all. Um, but there is a downside if we let fear drive policy. So what happens now is that the bill will go through several stages in the lower house of the Victorian State Parliament before doing much the same in the upper house. And if the bill gets through, then this shotgun ban uh, may not come into effect until early 2024. Um, so we'll hear more. I'm sure we'll get more of an idea of what that entails later on. So we want to make a point to the government about this approach. If you go to the article on our website, you will see the second column down uh, uh, down the bottom. There's an opportunity to, to create an email for Anthony Carbines. Uh, so if you press the click here button, you'll be able to send very quickly uh, with probably less than a minute of your time an email to him to make the point that government needs to better, better engage with shooters because this current model doesn't work. It's not good enough. So that's it for this particular episode. I've got a few more things lined up for you before the end of the year, so we hope you like it. And make sure you become a subscriber of the of Politics Reloaded for just $3 a month. We'll see you later. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and that you're on our email list. And don't forget to check the episode notes because that's where you'll find out how you can support us. Plus, let us know if you want something promoted on the podcast. Maybe you've got a shoot coming up that you want to promote. Just let us know. We'll see you at the next episode of Gun News Australia, brought to you by Politics Reloaded.